All right. Um, hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's special product school talk. Uh, I see we have a few folks watching, so that's awesome. Thanks for joining us. Um, as many of you know, we teach product management, coding, and now data at our six campuses. And you can find more information on that at our website at productschool.com. And today we are here with our very own Product School CEO and now official co-author of the recently released The Product Book, which has quickly gained a spot on Amazon's list of bestsellers. So, uh, hi, Carlos. How are you doing today? Hey, thank you for having me. Good. Great. Uh, congratulations on the success of the new book. Oh, my God. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, everyone, today we are going to um, we're going to go over some of his background in starting product school, and then we're going to share some insights from the book. And after that, we'll open the floor for Q and A. So, Carlos, uh, for those who don't know, can you talk about your background and why you started product school? Sure. So, I I'm a software engineer by training, and nobody taught me anything about what's going on outside of the engineering room, and I think that's what got me inspired to to learn it by myself. So I started a couple of companies and I became the first engineer because I, I didn't have resources to ask for help. And I think that always gave me an opportunity to, to get something started. And then as the companies grew, I was able to, to hire more people, engineers, designers, marketers. I was always that first engineer, then first product manager. And then as the companies kept going, I had to uh, promote and hire additional people. To, to grow the engineering, product design, and marketing team. So I kind of learned product management on the go by starting my own companies. I also went to business school, and, and I think that was also very insightful to understand kind of the other extreme, right? Like I started by learning how to code, which is very, very low level, and then I also learned like the very high level strategic part of it like in, in business school. And I think product management has a little bit of both. It's right in the middle. You need to be tactical enough to understand how things work. And at the same time, you have to be business-oriented enough to understand how you can get more users uh, to use or, or buy your product. So I did it by myself and I didn't get much help. So I decided to start school as a platform for others to become product managers. Awesome. And now with all your experience, you've recently launched the, the product book. Um, can you talk about your motivation behind co-authoring the book? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so teaching product management is, is very exciting because it's something that hasn't been done before. And we started here in San Francisco, opening a school to teach people that live in San Francisco. Obviously, the demand for product management is not just in San Francisco. So we started opening additional campuses. So we have a total of six campuses. Two of them are in the Bay Area. We have three more in Los Angeles and one in New York. That's great because those are the main tech hubs. But it's true that other people want to learn product management, and if they are not in a city where we have a campus, it's hard. We are also doing additional like other uh, online resources such as webinars or um, live chats on, on different platforms such as Facebook or Slack. But we also wanted to consolidate all of those learnings into a physical product. It's funny, I've been building digital products my whole life, and this is my first physical product. Uh, the product book is a high level summary of the most insightful topics that we cover in our classes and events. So for people that don't have the opportunity to attend to such classes, they can at least learn what's the product management process and how they can apply it 
to their current companies or future companies. And there are so many books out there that teach people how to hack their resumes and, and, and get a job. But before doing all of that, it's also important to learn how to do your job. And uh, this is the first book that focuses on teaching aspiring product managers what's the job of a product management from behind the scenes. And who would you say the book um, is directed towards? Who, who would get the most out of this book? A similar um, audience as we have here in our product school campuses. Uh, we have a lot of aspiring product managers, and, and that is a very broad term. That means that we have a lot of people that could come from technical backgrounds, such as software engineering or other type of engineering fields that feel like they want to have a bigger uh, say in the decision-making process of what's next. They don't want to be just the ones receiving orders and coding. But product management is, is also not just for engineers. We get a lot of management consultants, investment bankers, project managers, business analysts, marketers, designers. In general, this is for people with some experience, let's say at least two, three years of experience in tech, so they know what's going on, they have an idea of how things are structured, they know where they are and they know where they want to get, but there isn't much opportunities and resources out there to teach it the proper way. So anyone who wants to learn how to become a product manager could be a good fit to, to read this book. Right, absolutely. And, um... Now, now we've defined the audience um, of the book. What um what can readers expect to gain from the book? Like, what kind of what kind of insights can they can they expect to see? Mm -hmm. Well, we are. This book has been uh, written by some of the instructors that teach at Product School, and all of our instructors are real world product managers that work work at top companies such as Google, Facebook, Uber, Airbnb, PayPal, and. And they are not teachers. They are real-world doers. They have their full-time jobs and teach on the side at Product School. So when we gave them the opportunity to also contribute to a different format, they said yes. And this is pretty much a summary of real cases from those top companies on how they actually manage things and, and build products, best practices that we've learned through our careers, and also based on our learnings from the classes that we teach here at Product School. So you can learn very tactical steps on how to go from I have an idea all the way to this is on the market. So we'll talk more in detail about this, but basically you start with the marketing and business aspects of it on, on really assessing the, the impact of the idea and how to prioritize it against other ideas, how you can communicate those ideas to different stakeholders based on their different motivations, how to structure work and make sure that teams are on the same page so they can start executing, how you can keep track of that progress, how you can push that to market, and then from there, how you can decide what to do next. Pretty much product management is a constant iteration, and this book teaches you the framework that is being used by the best companies on how they can improve their products. And so it definitely includes a lot of... Um of the, the frameworks for that. Um, and I actually, we've, we've been getting a lot of really, um, really great feedback about the book. And I started reading it this week as well. And it opens up with a very powerful line um, saying, nobody asked you to show up. Can you talk about why that's significant in product management? Yeah, sure. I really like that. And that's why we put it on the, on the uh, back cover of the book. Basically, product management is not something obvious. When you start a company and you build a product, you don't think that you need a product manager. 
you definitely need a software engineer because someone has to code and you definitely need a designer because someone has to design. But it's only when the, the product is getting big enough where you realize that someone has to put some order and, and align different visions and motivations from, from different stakeholders, not just engineers and designers. At some point, you're also going to involve marketing, you're going to involve sales, you're going to involve legal, and, and of course, the user, and many other aspects. So nobody asks you to show up means that this is not like your engineers are not waiting for you. Like you kind of have to earn the respect of them and other teams to prove that there is value in, in having someone that acts as a translator and understands how things work at a like decent level in any area. So with that, everybody can push in the same direction and get things done faster. Awesome. Well, before, um, thanks for explaining that. And be before we go into questions from, from the audience, can you talk a little bit about um, some of the skills to become a great PM? Mm -hmm. Definitely. So uh, the answer I'm going to give is based on data, based on data from a lot of our students who ended up getting jobs in, in some of the best companies in tech. Um, there, I, I would summarize this in three. Obviously, there, there can be rankings for everything, but we have tried to group this in three groups. One is technical background. And having a technical background is, is important. And I'm not talking about being a software engineer. If you come from a software engineering background, that's great. But you can build your own technical background, even if you are not an engineer. And uh, we can talk more in detail about this, but that is definitely one important point. Because at the end of the day, you're going to spend a lot of time with uh, technical professionals. And you need to earn their respect. And if you were one of them before, that's great. That's one way to do it. But if not, there are other ways that you can do it. So at any point in your career, if you want to be a manager in tech, you are going to need to speak tech. Second um, skill set that we've seen is very, very important is the industry domain. Of course, um, doesn't mean that you need to know everything about a specific industry in order to be a, a manager at it. But especially if you're trying to break into product management and you don't have previous experience in product management before, it's going to be most likely for you to get a job in an industry that you have some experience at than something that you haven't done before. Let me give you an example. Let's say you work as a project manager or as a software engineer in a fintech company. And now you want to become a product manager. It will be more likely to get that first PM job in another fintech company than trying to get that PM job at a healthcare company. It's kind of trying to do two things at the same time. If you get that first job in a company that is in your industry, then at least you can provide some value. You can say, hey, I don't have a lot of experience in product, but I've been working in this industry, so I can kind of replace some of that. If you try to do like two things at the same time, it's highly likely that you won't make it. So that is kind of the second um, key point in order to be a great product manager in a specific industry. You need to know your industry. And the third point is communication skills. This is something very important. And the same way I said that uh, engineers had a leg up when it came to technical background, here is more for the business folks who are going to step up and hopefully um, have more experience. Because at some point, if you want to be a manager, you are going to do less and communicate more. Usually as a specialist, you spend 80% of your time executing and 20% of the time communicating. As a manager, you are going to spend 80% of the time communicating and around 20% of the time executing. 
So you need to feel comfortable uh, aligning people and communicating. And this is not about being a public speaker or being a book author, although that's always great. It's, it's more about feeling comfortable communicating via email uh, in person, making sure that everybody understands what, what, they, what you want and be ready for them to also uh, kind of like not just be reactive, but also be proactive about making sure everybody's on the same page. And I know this is very tough for people that are not used to do that, but that's the only way you can really grow as a manager. Great. Um, well, thanks for outlining those three skills as well. Um, we do have some questions coming in from our audience. So here's one um, from Salma. What would your advice be for someone who wants to grow into product management or for someone that might not be in the Bay Area or specifically near campus? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but so the first thing we decided to do was to open up the school through webinars and also now the book to provide additional resources to people that don't live in the Bay Area, New York, or Los Angeles. So we have a big Facebook group with 11,000 product people. We have a Slack group with over 10,000 product people, and you can access to all of those resources for free from our website, productschool.com. And that's always a good way to start. Obviously, there's only so much you can learn online, right? Like at some point, you're going to want more. And if you don't have the opportunity to be in some of these major tech hubs, I'm sure that you can also find your micro community in, and see who else is there that can help you either as a mentor or at least as an acquaintance. So I think it's good to start online and learn more about this, but at some point you have to take some action. And you can take action by yourself, which is kind of what I did at the beginning. It will take you longer, right? Because you don't have that support or that, those lessons learned, but that's, that's a valid way to start. And you can also ask for help um, in your community. I think those would be good, good ways to start. Awesome. And yeah, as Carlos mentioned, we have um, we have the Slack community and the Facebook community as well. So you guys, um, you can join there. Um, our next question is from Maysoom. Um, how good would it be to transition from cust a customer success manager to a product manager? So we actually had a student who announced that she got a job as a product manager coming from customer success today. Um, it's, it's very, very uh, common, actually, because as a customer success manager or QA person, basically, you are used to fixing problems. And as a product manager, part of your job is that. thing is that as a product manager, you are also picking what type of problems you want to fix first, right? Like there are so many opportunities out there and, and you need to decide where you're going to spend most of your time. So I think the biggest difference is that when you are working in a customer support role or um, kind of the customer is telling you what's not working and you are fixing it for that customer. While as a product manager, you're probably going to need to step up and look at the bigger picture and see what things you can proactively uh, tackle. But it's definitely a good training. Now, if you know that you can become that customer advocate because you have those insights on a daily basis, you probably want to learn more about how you can influence the, the solution part and the decision-making process. So let's say you are a customer success manager and you are not technical, you should definitely spend more time with your engineers to understand what happens in the moment you send a ticket to them that you weren't able to fix. Or if you are a QA engineer, are used to fix bugs, you should probably want to spend more time outside of the engineering room asking your account managers or business team, okay, why did I have to fix this? Like how, 
kind of connect this with the rest of the puzzle. Right, absolutely. Um, perfect. Our next question is from Sanjay. Um, I had a marketplace startup for three years. I have a tech background um, and I want to transition to a PM role. Do employers see my startup founder as a positive or negative? Well, I mean, being a founder is always positive. That means that you are a fast learner, a curious and go-getter type of person. So that's always a plan. Now, we need to define what being a founder means, right? Because especially in uh, Silicon Valley, everybody's a founder. And um, it's not about being successful or not, but it's about at least showing that you were able to build something and create something. So let's say, I don't know your product, but you are saying that it's a marketplace. Let's say, even though I'm assuming you didn't build the, the marketplace, you probably had to hire someone to build it for you. And even though you didn't have the best training on how to use a specific framework, you were able to get something done and coordinate an engineer with a designer to put together a product that is live. Well, that's a huge plus. If you were even able to generate some transactions and prove that some users were able to get some value out of your platform, that's another huge plus. Like at the end of the day, building a company is inclusive of building a product. Uh, obviously, as the companies grow, it's not just about product, but if you can leverage that product expertise you can definitely line up some interviews. Now, some questions that um, the hiring managers will we, we have here is, but how are you going to be able to do this at a larger scale or once you are not the only person calling the shots? At the end of the day, you are a product manager in a company, you are not the CEO, and CEOs tend to be the ultimate product people. So you also need to feel comfortable working in a larger organization where there are also going to be some politics. It's definitely similar to what we always say is um, when you want to become a PM to build something first. So um, our next question comes from Sherard. When you're starting a tech business, where should you start to learn as um, where, where should you like to start to learn from as a non coder? So I'm starting to learn now um, and I'm starting a venture builder for context. So if you want to learn how to build products and you are uh, non technical, I think that reading the book could be a good guide. Like we definitely created this as a, as a guide for people to have a framework and understand what are the different steps. And if you also have the opportunity to build your business in parallel, it's amazing because you're also going to learn so much by doing and, and you can't learn absolutely everything by reading a book. So to the previous questions point as well, if you are building something, could be a marketplace or something else, and you need to hire someone to build it for you, you are going to see that there is some dynamics uh, there that you need to apply to make sure that your engineers or your designers are doing what you want. So if you can do both at the same time, like if you can really build something and learn from there, and at the same time, get some training on what are the best practices so you can do it better and faster the next time, that would be a good way to start. Definitely. Um, and our last, well, we have time for a couple more questions, so make sure that you get them in. Um, but our next question is from Neaton. Um, what is the breakdown of a lecture versus hands-on exercise in the PM course that um, you offer? And like, what do you cover in the lecture that's not in the book, and what exercises do students do? So basically an overview mm -hmm. of the course. <laughs> well, the book uh, is, is, just, is just text, right? So it's a nice way to warm up and know more about what's going on. But obviously, it's very limited. You can't 
expect to, to, to get a job or be, call yourself a product manager just because you read a book. But it's a good starting point. The course is, is kind of like the next level. It's the way you can prove that you can build a product. Like in the course, students build a product. The students also prepare their resumes and practice their, uh, they do some mock interviews to be ready to apply for jobs. They also get certified as product managers by product school. They spend two months with product managers from top companies such as Google, Uber, Spotify. So they have access to that type of mentorship face-to-face -face during two months. That's way more powerful. And anyway, it also depends on how, much, how serious you are about taking the next step. So I would say if you are just thinking about it, I think that joining these type of webinars or online resources that we have out there are good. But if you are very serious about breaking into product or becoming a better product manager, next step obviously is to take some action. And, and I think that the offline component of not just our classes, but in general, like building something can be replaced by, by online resources. Awesome. Um, and our last question, um, my, our last question here will be from Ricky. Uh, when should I, I wouldn't put it that way, but when should I give up becoming, trying to become a PM? I, I would say what other, um, what other skill set might you need? Um, he's a software engineer for 10 years, uh, MBA, UX certification, and, um, and still searching. So what advice can you offer? Great. That's a really good question. When when should I give up or what's going on, right? And we get a lot of those. So it's good that you, you ask. Well, if you come from a engineering or data background, you know that those are very, very uh, high demand jobs. They are not going to have any problems finding another engineering job. Or I, I think about that for any other cases. Product management is a very competitive space. You are competing with existing product managers and with aspiring product managers. So it is normal and it's part of the process that you're going to get rejected a lot. So just to give you another uh, data point, we always, we always encourage our students to uh, identify at least 30, not 50 companies before they start with their job search process because they know and we tell them that they are going to be they're going to get rejected more than accepted. And as long as they have those expectations, they can also get over that. This is a process. So a resume will never get you a job the same way your interview is not going to get you a job. A resume will get you an interview. An interview will get you another interview. And hopefully after a certain series of interviews, you will get a job offer. So Keeping in mind that you're going to get rejected quite a lot, and this is part of the process. It's not about you, it's about the process. Now, I would optimize step by step. And if you feel like the problem is that you are not getting enough phone calls, probably the problem is on the resume part, and not just about what you say in the resume, it's probably about what's your previous experience, so how you can increase your experience to get more phone calls. But if your problem is that after those phone calls, you are not getting enough uh, in-person meetings, then think about the way you are performing in those in those phone calls. So I would kind of break that down into different phases and depending on where you're getting stuck, I would try to do certain things about it. Definitely really good advice. Thank you, Carlos. Um, and one last question before we go, um, what advice would you offer to aspiring product managers out there? Build something. We always say the same, we die saying the same, build something. <laughs> 
Awesome. Um, well, thank you again for your time, and uh, thanks to everyone for watching. Um, <laughs> if you didn't get your copy of the product book yet, it's on sale at Amazon for a limited time, so make sure you don't miss that. And if you did already buy it and you enjoyed it, make sure you leave us a review on, on Amazon as well, so we'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks again, everyone, and we'll see you next time. So, bye.